Hello and welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. We are your hosts, Vidas Pinkavichus and Oshamut Zeta Pinkavichin. We've been mastering secrets of organ playing for more than 20 years and sharing them on this blog since 2011. On this show, which we create from our home in Vilnius, Lithuania, we strive to help you grow in every area of organ playing, including practice, technique, repertoire, sight reading, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory, harmony, and many others. Our hope is to help you become a complete musician, or what we call as total organist, a program which we have created to help you reach your dreams faster than you would do on your own. If you are new here, we invite you to subscribe to receive free updates of this blog at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video on how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. And now let's go to the podcast for today. I'm here in my church uh, uh, in Vilnius University, St. John's Church, uh, talking uh, via internet to uh, Daniel Malt, who is a wonderful uh, concert organist from London, UK, and he is also recording artist and film presenter. Daniel is also the head of organ studies at the Royal Birmingham Conservatory and a trustee of an examiner for the Royal College of Organists. Uh, one of the leading organists of his generation, he has pioneered the use of film to promote the music of the organ. He has made many recordings and broadcasts and performs around the world, uh, both as a soloist and ensemble player. Uh, thank you so much, Daniel, for joining this conversation and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you, Vitas. It's a pleasure to be with you all. I first came into uh, contact with you through Fuchs Tape Films. I, I watched uh-huh. the videos that they released and I know the uh, box DVD sets. They're doing wonderful uh, work in promoting pipe organ world around the, uh, the globe. And you took part in, in a few projects with them. And uh, I watched uh, the elusive English organ. That was wonderful. Uh, thank you very much, yes. Uh, that was the first film uh, I did with them about, gosh, 10 years ago, I think. Uh, I've done two more since. Uh, the most recent one is called The English Organ, uh, and it's a major box set that we're just releasing at the moment, which is very exciting. We recorded on about 30 organs all across England, Australia, New Zealand. So I think it's the biggest production that Fugue States have done. So we had to crowdfund and raise a lot of money for it, but it's wonderful that we've been able to do it. Exactly. Um, you know, with the internet today, the technology allows us to connect with whom, whoever we want, right? And look, we are talking now uh, through the thousands of miles apart, and uh, we are connected in real time. And uh, yes. this information can be about anything, uh, like in, in about the pipe organ world, which is very, very exciting. Yeah, I, I agree with you, because uh, uh, people in England, uh, I think, say, oh, you know, it is worrying that the pipe organ has fewer followers. I think this is an international feeling that the pipe organ perhaps does not have as many followers. But I agree with you, Vidas. We, we have, through the internet, a phenomenal opportunity 
that our ancestors did not have, that we can be one big family as organists across the globe. And I, I, I still think that with the exception of you and a couple of other people, uh, we are not exploiting that. And I think that's a, a really exciting potential for the future to exploit. Thank you for noticing me and my work. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I feel a little bit lonely here sitting on the organ on. bench. Live stream. I think it's all going to do our job to feel lonely, yes. <laughs> yeah, live streaming uh, uh, what, where, whenever I can. But really, let's, let's go back in the, uh, to the beginning. Uh, <laughs> Uh, from uh, from your probably childhood days when you were first yeah. introduced to the pipe organ do you remember the time when you first fell in love with it can you share with us the story yeah i can indeed and, and i'm sure it's the same for, for many viewers uh, but for me uh, uh, it was when my mother took me to church as a young boy and i heard the sound of the organ in the church i later discovered it wasn't the, the best instrument but at the time age six or seven I was absolutely thrilled by the sound of it. And then when I went up to watch the organist play at the end, I, I fell in love with the instrument. And for me, the, the worrying thing is that fewer people go to church, but most organs are still in churches. And I think one of the challenges we have as a community of organists is finding a way of introducing the organ to new people so they could be thrilled, not just like me, but like, everybody who has probably found the organ in a, in a sacred building in, in this era when religion is perhaps not as prominent. Daniel, do you think uh, organists around the world have uh, a responsibility a little bit to, to demonstrate the organ to the young audiences, right, to kids, to, uh, to students, uh, or, or is it only for elite uh, presenters like yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd hate to think of myself as elite, but um, no, I agree with you. I, I, I think all of us uh, as musicians uh, uh, have a responsibility to continue our art. Now, now, some people like to teach, and that's wonderful. Some people don't like to teach. Um, but I think in somehow communicating with people the wonder of our instrument, presenting it to young people, I think is so important. And again, maybe not every musician is the right person to do that. We're all very different. Uh, but, but I think it's critically important that some of us do it, that, that, that people, you know, like, like yourself and people who communicate well can present the organ to not just young people, but to people of all ages, because that's what is going to break down barriers, because it will not present itself. <laughs> we, we, we have to be the agents somehow. Yeah. You know, you know, Daniel, I've been thinking that... Uh, Sometimes people are shy, right, in front of camera, and some people yes. are better left behind the camera, right? Like, like they, yes. they, they might be like a personality type where they could stay away of maybe audiences, right, or TV appearances. Yes. They like to be not seen, right? They like to hide a little yes. bit, yes. and that's nothing yes, to worry about, that. right? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely understand that. And, and, and I think that, yeah, for some people, uh, presenting the organ to young people or to a, 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 a general audience is, is their idea of hell. And I, I respect that. But I think we are a, a large enough community that at least some of us enjoy presenting the organ to the young people. And I think that's really important. But they have to keep on happening. Yes. 
yes uh, you know uh, there are so many ways of of demonstrating the organ and showing your work uh, not only being in front of the camera like we do sometimes but uh, yeah. for example people sometimes can uh, can uh, can record just the audio and put a picture of the organ if if they don't want yeah. to be seen themselves right and yeah. that's absolutely Ab fine absolutely yeah ab i absolutely agree i mean i think for me the important thing is that the organ gets heard and as you say there are different ways of making it heard but you know particularly in in, in england I, I do not know the situation in in lithuania and eastern europe so much but certainly in the united kingdom uh, far fewer people are going to church so they, they are not seeing the organ in that context so we, we have to find new ways of bringing the organ to them and, and if people want to be anonymous then maybe you know that that is perhaps also possible uh, well exactly uh, it's possible you know to combine various mediums uh, like text pictures audio video whatever yeah. choose uh, whatever you can choose whatever you feel comfortable with and uh, some people don't like to record right they better present in in physical form meeting yeah. with real people right and that's exactly. okay right exactly. yeah yeah exactly exactly very many different many different temperaments many different people yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah i but agree probably yeah. it's it's good to take responsibility and show your work probably right yeah i think so i think so i think that's i i, I think that's good I, and my impression is that generally speaking the younger generation they feel the urgency of having to promote the organ because I think in, uh, uh, certainly in our lifetimes, uh, uh, the organ has perhaps become less significant in some areas of, of, of the world. So I think, you know, younger players I sense, and my, my students uh, as well, my undergraduates, I think they sense the importance of having to be ambassadors somehow. And as you say, there are many different ways of being an ambassador. Not everybody has to be there in person and dancing and waving <laughs> because not everybody wants to do that. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And changing the dress twice during the performance. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It is not everybody's thing. It's, it's, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. You know who I'm talking about. I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> and I think this is, this is one of the challenges, I think, that is keeping the integrity of our music you know the, the music that we love the organ art that we make, which is a, a, a superb art and it an art that talks of of, of many profound things uh, uh but at the same time making the presentation accessible and i think that the danger is that we should not allow the music to become degraded or cheap because that's that is what the instrument is about it's about beautiful art music uh, daniel do you remember the time when you first um first demonstrated the organ first appeared in public like this uh it surely wasn't uh, in the time with uh, fugue state films it was well before probably right that's right yeah i remember when i um when i first became uh, uh, freelance i worked in a cathedral for a long time and, and i became freelance and i did some work with uh, school children and i remember before the, my first demonstration I was so nervous. I thought, what am I doing? Uh, <laughs> the children are going to eat me alive. Um, but actually, it went really well, because I think if, if you are yourself, and if you are passionate about the instrument, the children uh, uh, appreciate that, they understand that, and they, they will listen. And, and children are fascinated by live music, mm -hmm. because children nowadays, they have so little live music in their lives, 
all the music they have is, is pre-recorded, is in the background of a supermarket or shop. But to actually be there and just to listen to an instrument and to live music is something which captivates children, I think. So I, I did not feel that I had to be some sort of crazy entertainer. I, I felt that the children were, were captivated by the music, which is how it should be. Uh, we've been talking about uh, the importance of uh, um, being proactive uh, with our work, right? Uh, yeah. With the audience, uh, younger generation and uh, and senior people and um, people of all ages, basically, right? Yes. So, yeah. do you remember the first time when when you appeared in public like this, when when you demonstrated the organ or or when you were like a like an ambassador, it surely was before the Fugue State films, right? Yes, it's a few years before then, and I remember it very well, Vidas, because I was very nervous, <laughs> and I thought uh, I thought the children they are going to eat me alive. <laughs> but then, when I started, the children were really well behaved and very interested. And I now realize that children in our society have very few opportunities to hear live music. They hear music, but all the time it is in the background of the supermarkets, in the shops, at home. So actually watching a musician play their instrument, making music live, is a thrill for children. And I think that us as musicians, maybe we forget that because we do it every day. <laughs> but I think for children, it is something very, very special. And I think when children meet the organ, and many colleagues say the same thing to me as well, when children meet the organ, they are nearly always amazed and in awe of the beauty of the instruments and the music. Well, exactly. There is so much to see, so much to discover yeah. with the organ. Absolutely. And children are discovering the world around them. And it's the yeah. right and perfect, uh, probably, opportunity for us to step in and uh, show our magnificent and hidden and, and uh, secret, probably, world uh, behind the yeah. organ and pipes and yeah. mechanics and the history, right? Sometimes it's yeah. history in, in a boring term, but sometimes you can present it uh, quite uh, lively and, uh, and exactly. maybe use technology to catch their attention. If yeah. you want, right, you can do all kinds of things. So I'm glad you, you, you were doing that before. And uh, what uh, you say, you were a little bit terrified, right, of children? <laughs> yes, Why yes. was that? Just, I think it was just because it was a new experience for me uh, when I first did it. Um, also, when I first did it, it was, it was not very common in England. Um, there, there were only a few of us who would do this. Now it is a very common thing. But when I started doing this, even just 15 years ago, 16 years ago, it was not so common. So there was a feeling of how will this be? But I think now it has become very common and I think that is a very good thing. And I think we need more of it. I do not think we can have too much. <laughs> That's my feeling. No, it's just the beginning, right? Uh, of of that agree, yeah. movement of, uh, of uh, sharing our work. Just think that really organists are individualists. Uh, for the yeah. most part and they they tend to be hidden behind the organ desk and the organ bench and uh, the public and general audiences don't see what's going on they don't have the idea how interesting it is right yeah. what they're doing 
I agree. Yes. And you are you're showing showing basically the insides of the instrument of various instruments, right? Have you counted how many instruments have you demonstrated to this day? I've not I've not demonstrated a huge number, partially because um, when I started doing this, I was working part time in Manchester at the big concert hall. Uh, so I would have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of groups of children who would come once a week uh, or, or, or every so often to watch the organ. So we had thousands of children in Manchester, but I, I have tended to do it at bigger venues with, with larger numbers of children. Uh, whereas I know some colleagues do it with smaller numbers of children in more venues. I, I, I think there are many different ways of doing it. So, yeah. Well, yes, uh, um, every organ is unique and worth, worth yeah. of probably different approach, different uh, demonstration yeah. type. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. In your demonstrations, do you allow uh, audiences to come up and touch the organ? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I tell them after, uh, after an introduction, I'm going to play some music, I'm going to talk about it, I show things with the camera, and I say, at the end, you can come up and have a go. And most of them are, are, are uncertain, but there are always some who want to. And I think it's, as you said at the beginning, it, it is about breaking down barriers between uh, you and your audience and you and the children, and that is so important. Mm -hmm. Now, with the English organ uh, for, for the Fugue State films, you called this project elusive, right? Why is that? Uh, could you share? <laughs> right. That was my, my very first one about uh, 10 years ago now. Um, it's partially because the, the organ in England, unlike elsewhere in Europe uh, and, and America and so on, uh, there are large parts of history. Uh, that we do not know about, that we have no instruments which survive. So in England, the, the oldest surviving organ we have is only from about 1680. Well, in the rest of Europe, that is not so old. And we were looking at the reasons for this, because unfortunately in England, we had uh, many disruptions, we had organs destroyed, we had many religious upheavals throughout the centuries, which had far more impact on the organs than it did in the rest of Europe. Um, so that is why we called it elusive. It was hard to find the truth about the, some of the English organ um, before the 19th century, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, before the 19th century, organs in England were quite different from, from that of today, right? Quite, yeah. uh, quite different from capabilities. I mean, yes. uh, remember the story how Mendelssohn traveled uh, uh, yeah. in England and, and was kind of complaining that uh, you cannot really play Johann <laughs> Sebastian Bach's music because of the pedal uh, compass probably and other things. Right? That's right, that's right. And when, when he did find English organs he could play, he moaned because he thought the pedal keys were too narrow. So I think, I think Mendelssohn had some frustrating times in England, you're, you're, you're right. Uh, but he was very important uh, for English organ culture because I think after his visits, that's what inspired the English to get into Bach and start building organs more like the rest of, of mainland Europe. I think being an island, uh, uh, we, uh, the danger is that we have always been rather conservative and slightly, dare I say, backwards. And we sometimes do things in a slightly odd way. And I think you see this nowadays with our politics too, unfortunately. <laughs> if you had to choose, let's say, five instruments from England uh, on one mm. fingers, on one hand, right, yeah. to count, yeah. uh, and uh, 
um, and share with us today. Could you? It's very different, difficult, right? Yeah. To choose five yeah, instruments, the most important ones. Maybe you could. Maybe you have done that already. What? What uh, are the um, five choices? I will. I will. I will give it a go. Um, so, uh, firstly, we have an organ, uh, the the earliest surviving organ in a country house, Adlington Hall in the north of England. Very important organ. Uh, then we have an organ which Handel knew, a wonderful organ for Handel in London at Christchurch Spitalfields, uh, which is probably the best Baroque organ uh, which survives. Uh, then we have in the Romantic era, Truro Cathedral. Uh, so Henry Willis, who built organs all around England, uh, Truro Cathedral, probably his best one. Uh, so that takes us to three. And then uh, four and five. <laughs> I guess we ought to have a, a famous organ. Uh, I mean, perhaps the Royal Albert Hall in London. I do not think it is the best Willis organ, but it is probably the most famous, and it has become a very iconic organ. Uh, and then finally, the Royal Festival Hall, another big hall in London, uh, which has a neoclassical organ, uh, which I do not think is so beautiful, but I think was a very important organ because it started the organ reform movement uh, after the war in England. So I think those are the five most important <laughs> for me. Well, yeah, and this list is quite uh, quite uh, limited enough for for one organ tour, right? For one trip. Exactly, exactly. Someone can come and start to do an organ right. tour. Yes, hire, hire a coach, yeah. <laughs> Who, who have not tried out to travel to England and to, to find out about their organs, maybe yeah. can take advantage and uh, explore those five instruments for starters and not to get lost in, in, the, in the other wealth of instruments and uh, thousands of yeah. other important organs. Exactly, exactly. I think that's, that, is, uh, that is lovely, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, Daniel, of course, that's not the only project that you did with the Fuchs State Films, right? I remember is two others, right? Could you share what was the second one? Sure, the second one was uh, about 10 years ago again, nine years ago, uh, called The Virtuoso Organist. Uh, and that was just big concert repertoire uh, uh, filmed close up as if somebody was sat watching you by the side. So things like, you know, uh, Messiaen, Transport de Joie, uh, Franz Schmidt, Toccata, uh, Dupre, Preludes and Fugues, all the, the, the big virtuosic repertoire that, that, that we professional organists play, uh, but, but, but filmed uh, at close quarters and with different, different camera angles so that somebody could watch it at home and watch as if they were watching a, a pianist in the front row. And I think that's an important concert experience because, as you said before, Vidas, we are often hiding behind curtains. And um, when, when somebody can watch what we do close up, it is a, a, an exciting part of the concert experience for them. And I think something which, in the future of the organ, we need to think about more and more. Well, you're right, Daniel. Do you remember the, the process that they were filming? Uh, how many cameras were they, were they using? Yeah. I, I can't remember that shoot. I mean, the, the latest shoot, we've normally used about three cameras, four cameras, um, which uh, gives you quite a bit of variety. So you have uh, uh, one wide, you have one on the pedals, one on the hands, one uh, GoPro, like an overhead one, yes. and then one wide shot. And I think that, that's what we did for the latest box set, the English organ. Um, obviously, a very, very big production can hire in more cameras. 
but classical music DVDs, but there is a budget. <laughs> so sometimes you have to redo a shoot um, uh, and, and put the cameras in a different position. So it is quite time consuming. Uh, so, but I think with, with three or four cameras, you can get a very good shoot. And nowadays technology is so much cheaper. I mean, when we did the first film 10 years ago, it was expensive. Whereas now, uh, the technology we've used is so much cheaper uh, and the money can be used for other things, for, for, for venues, for production, for editing, for marketing and the things that a film needs to be successful. Well, exactly. It, it, technology allows us to, to be mobile, to travel, to, to film things. Uh, even in our pocket today, I guess most of our listeners have a full-blown full uh, video studio right? yeah. or it, at least incredible. audio studio yeah i was somebody told me the other day that our smartphone that we have is about 25 times more powerful than the 1980s computer i i, I find i find that amazing yes. <laughs> incredible yeah. it's, it's incredible where we will go next right in five I know, years I know. <laughs> yeah i agree yeah so your third project uh, with Fugue State Films was something different, right? Can you share with us? That's right, thank you. This, I have, uh, we have just released this. Um, it's called The English Organ. So just The English Organ, uh -huh. no, no, no mention of Elusive. Um, and this is a large box set, very large box set, uh, which goes from the 16th century to the present day. And we filmed on about 33 organs, I think it was, um, and three documentaries, lots of music, uh, lots of film, and we've just released it. And it took us a, a long time to plan. It took us about a year to record and film, but we are, we are, we are very pleased with it and we hope that people enjoy it. Um, you know, I think uh, Fugue State Films already made a big name for themselves uh, right from the beginning, from their uh, first DVDs. I don't remember which was the first, but I, I watched and, uh, and had the DVDs with, uh, with them about uh, the art of Fugue that George okay. did, yeah. uh, Cesar Frank, uh, Charles-Marie Vidor, yeah. uh, Cavalier nice. of course, right? Yes. All those things. and. While I was watching them, I thought it's amazing that they could produce something so of such a high quality, like a theater production, yeah. and about yeah. pipe organs. And uh, I thought our um, attention and uh, uh, reach is is limited, right? Uh, there are just not too many organists around the world. But apparently, with the subscription model and uh, and yeah. uh, and uh, other support donations buttons that they have on their website. I think this is really uh, a great opportunity for them to raise funds, right? Exactly, uh, exactly, yeah. yeah. And I think, I absolutely agree. And, and, and I think this can only happen in our age, because I think now in our age, the, the pipe organ community, which is perhaps small in one individual country, you combine the whole world, and suddenly you have a, 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 a good platform and people who will buy products, who will help to crowdfund. So I think this sort of the, the model that Fugue State Films have is, is, is one which can only work internationally. Um, and I think even 20, 25 years ago, this sort of idea would not be possible. And I think the internet is exciting, technology is exciting because all the organ community can be friends. And uh, you know, we, are, we, are, we are no longer as limited 
by borders. We are if we perform live, of course, but I think in many other things we can communicate, share ideas, share performances in a way that we could not even 20 years ago. And that is incredible. Well, of course, such magnificent projects that you do are not always easy, right? Uh, have you have you had any challenges along the way that you had to overcome? Oh, many. <laughs> many challenges. Um, I, I, one of the challenges which which I was not involved with, but is is raising enough money uh, because you have to buy people's faith that they have to think that if they invest, that you are going to come up with a good product. And that that is not easy. Uh, also, we had challenges. There were a couple of venues that we would really like to have filmed in, uh, but it was not possible. Uh, so, yeah, there, there were bumps in the road, as we say in England. <laughs> but at the end, I think, like anything in music, if you keep faith and if you have a vision, you will still succeed. And sometimes you just have to remind yourself of that when the, when the going gets tough. <laughs> But even uh, while preparing for this uh, uh, project, like uh, recording on 33 organs, like you did just recently, uh, it's enormous project, enormous task to keep uh, such a uh, breadth of the repertoire, right? Uh, how many hours have you been practicing this? <laughs> it, was, it was made slightly easier because at most venues we would only record, say, two three pieces so it wasn't as if we were doing a whole cd at each venue which i think would have been impossible but it was still a, a lot of practice uh, the, the way i uh, i managed it myself uh, was i was very very organized so about a year in advance in concert i would program new pieces uh, the church i play at i would play as 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 as, as preludes some of the music so you know it is rather like a military campaign <laughs> you work out all the music you're going to record so that by the time you get to the recording uh, you have lived with the music and know it very well uh, it, for me it is just about planning and i think like so much in music if if you are well organized then <laughs> it is okay <laughs> when you're really well prepared you probably don't have to spend so much time recording right you exactly. can have exactly. like three tries or I don't know how do you do it what's your strategy yeah it is an interesting question Vidas because I, I know uh, musicians have different strategies uh, my, my personal strategy uh, is when I'm recording on DVD I treat it as a live performance so I play as if I'm playing live and I do that twice and then I choose what I think is the better of the two performances as the main track and then I just go and record patches of mistakes or things that I think are not so good. Whereas on a CD, and we did include two CDs with this box set, on a CD, it is very different. It is, as you know yourself, uh, you maybe do one performance as live and then you do many, many, many patches. And it is a much more um, artificial process. Whereas I think on DVD, uh, unless you have a Hollywood studio, <laughs> it is too expensive and too difficult to treat a DVD filming like a CD. You have to do it more as live. Yes, you can do one or two patches for wrong notes and little mistakes, but it, it has to be as a live performance more, which I think myself I like, because for me, I, I love live performance more than recordings. Um, <laughs> and I love listening to musicians play live, because I, I think that is when it, there's a more direct communication with the audience for me. That's 
I couldn't agree more, Daniel. When you play live and when you don't cut as as often as in CDs, for example, um, it's it's much a different feeling, right? You connect with yeah. the audience, uh, and it it's a little bit unpredictable, right? You cannot yeah. plan for everything, yeah. but that's okay. <laughs> Right. I think, but I think I agree. I, I, absolutely. I think that because of CDs, people get frightened of mistakes. And, and I think when you communicate with an audience, you have to take that risk. And at the end of the day, I think of the performances that I have gone away from going, wow, I do not count the mistakes, but I am moved by what that musician is communicating with me. But I think maybe as musicians, all of us, professional and amateur, we, we get too worried about the mistakes when we play live. You, you have to abandon the fear. <laughs> Wonderful. It's such a pleasure to talk with you, Daniel. But I know our time is limited today. Yes. For, for ending our conversation, could you share with us your plans for the future? What are you working on next? That's very kind. Uh, well, next, I, I have a lot of concert work in 2020, 21, which is wonderful. I obviously, because I head the organ department at Birmingham, that is half time. So that also keeps me busy. Beyond that, I would like to do another recording project, um, but I don't know yet. I, I want a year or so off recording <laughs> and do other things, but I think about possibilities. Uh, I am also editing uh, an anthology of English organ music. Uh, as well for Berem Writer, which I hope will come out in a year or so. So that is another project. Uh, but like all of us as musicians, I keep an open mind and opportunities come along. And maybe in another six months, I'm doing something different. And that is the excitement of, of us being musicians, yeah? Wonderful. I wish you good luck uh, with your creative you. uh, projects uh, in, in the new year, 2020, of course, and uh, further in the future. And before we, went, we end our conversation, could you, Daniel, direct our listeners to your website or anywhere else that you want our listeners to go and uh, become more familiar with your work and uh, you, yourself? Thank you very much. Thank you, Vidas. Uh, yeah, I, I'm always delighted to meet uh, organists, work with organists, uh, uh, talk with organists socially or, or professionally. Um, my website is danielmoltz.com. Nice and easy to remember. Um, and I am also on Facebook as well. Uh, if you look up Daniel Moltz, uh, London and Birmingham, that is me. I have, I have many organist friends and I like to keep people updated there of my activities. I'm not on Twitter yet, but maybe I join sometime. <laughs> so, uh, and right. I'm always delighted to, to, to meet people. Uh, and I, I wish all your, your, your listeners, your viewers, uh, every good wish and uh, every success in their organ playing and their studies. Thank you so much, Daniel. And when you record something new, uh, you, uh, you, you let me know and we can chat again about your new project. It's a pleasure to talk to you. All the best. This blog is supported by Total Organist, the most comprehensive organ training program online, where you will find courses for every area of organ playing, including technique, practice, sight reading, repertoire playing, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory and harmony, with hundreds of scores and thousands of exercises. Here is what some of the students are saying. Hugh writes, the sight reading course has helped me tremendously. Thank you very much for SS courses and all your help. Robert writes, I found the fingerings, registration ideas and general comments to be excellent. John writes, 
I have found your download very helpful. It was really excellent. I have watched some of your teaching videos and when I read your instructions. I try to imagine you are worth teaching me. You may feel disappointed that I am two three days behind, but I am a slow learner and I have committed to taking the time to get it right as you say. But the other night my wife commented that she had never heard me play such a detailed melody in the left hand so well. My left hand is generally poor. Robert writes, It has been a great pleasure in my life of having discovered your courses and material as well as the YouTube work of recordings. You have a calm and pleasant way of teaching. Ron writes, Hi Vides and Osha, thank you guys. What a wonderful response to my email note to you. You've got me right, and I feel you understand my level of playing. Yes, at home and lucky that I have an organ for that reason. I am paying attention to this, and I am going to try this haha no longer secret model. Yes, and I love Caesar Frank too. What is very nice about your blog podcast is that Osha and Vidas are like a Socratic dialogue, and by bouncing things off of each other, so much more information comes out and is expressed. Your comments contain a wealth of information and understanding. I really appreciate this. It is very inspiring and will keep us moving forward. Would you like to receive the same or even better results that our students are getting? If so, join them at organduo.lt slash total organist. And of course, you will get the first month free too. You can cancel anytime. Also, if you haven't yet subscribed to receive free updates of this blog, make sure you do that at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video, how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. This was Vidas and Osha from Secrets of Organ Playing. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen.